What's going on, Badger fans? Are we missing the bigger point with this basketball team? Um, I think we need to have a bit of a thought exercise. Let's talk about that. Plus, Graveguard got to 100 wins. We need to put that into context. And what players from last year's recruiting cycle do we think are poised to make that second year jump? All that and more on a loaded Lockdown Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. Um, there is a lot to talk about in this show, so we're just going to get right into it. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Create an account. Use the code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you so, so much for jumping into this. Uh, we got Rajiv. I think he forgot the, the roads to get to Locked On. He got lost somewhere <laughs> along the way, uh, but we got him back. We got GPS. There's Rajiv, there's a lot to get into. So we're just going to get into so it. So much. Love it. I packed a lot into this. Um, the first one I want to talk to, the, the, we were texting earlier, and I feel like, and this is starting to rattle my brain the last couple days, the last couple games. I feel like we're maybe missing the force for the trees with this basketball team. Uh, coming into the year, we thought this was maybe a fourth place team in the Big Ten, maybe at, maybe at best fourth place. And now I feel like we're getting ticked off because we're not blowing out Big Ten teams on the road. Does it feel like now certainly expectations should change right over the course of the year and they have gotten higher. Does it feel like we've maybe gotten a little out over the skis here? Yeah. And if anyone's guilty of getting over the skis, it's me. Like I did with football. I did. I'll, I'll always do it because I'm just that kind of fan. And I think that's, first of all, that's kind of understandable for any fan, right? Like we had such a sort of dismal football, not dismal, but we had a really disappointing football season in general with those two big losses, everything just kind of like was deflating. So then when Greg Gard's team started playing better and we were like, oh, wait, are we actually good? It's like all of our energy and positivity got sucked into like, how good can this team be? I will say the ceiling has been risen just because of the play of store and because of the play of Blackwell. And like we've and we've been able to see all of a sudden like things like the scoring droughts disappearing. So ceiling raised. But yeah, I mean, we probably are a little bit over our skis. But I feel like that's just how it's going to be. That's the culture of it. But you're right, though. I mean, like, this is still the Big Ten. And I know a lot of there's a narrative out that the Big Ten's not as, down, as good this year. I disagree with that narrative. I think the Big Ten is deep and strong. And it's not top-heavy as much as it has been in the past. Like, obviously, Purdue. But there's not, like, a lot of great teams. But there's a lot of teams that can hurt you. And we have to keep that in perspective. Because we're going to get hurt again. We got hurt at Penn State. It's going to happen down the road. But, yeah, I mean, but I also where fans come from right like it's we just want something to grasp onto and right now seven and one sitting one half a game above purdue is something to like grasp onto and get so excited about and see i think that's kind of where i'm going with this though i feel like instead of fans getting excited about it fans are getting a little miserable over stephen Crowell not being aggressive enough and yeah. where's connor and why are we not why is Minnesota a four-point win or whatever it was? And why is it, why do we lose to Penn State? And instead of taking a step back, and that's why I said missing the force for the trees, instead of taking a step back and saying, this is a really good team, let's just let's kind of ride this and enjoy it. I feel like we're picking this team apart under a microscope a little too much. Like, like we almost said, oh, wow, this might be a title team. Now let's nitpick all the reasons it's not a title team. It's not a title team. This team is not that drastically different from that team I thought mm -hmm. would finish fourth. It's better. But this is a flawed team, and I feel like we may be generalizing here, but are we not enjoying just the journey quite as much because, oh, did we barely beat Minnesota? Well, that's a Big Ten road game. That's a tough – that's tough. 
I mean, mm -hmm. let me give you one more. I think there's individual narratives here, and I'm not picking on you on this. I'm just using you as an example. Because other people said the same thing. I said something similar too. So this is this is not a, a barb towards you, but I saw your player grades. You had AJ Store at a six out of ten. Yeah. Right. For the Minnesota game, not for the season. For the Minnesota game, yep. I looked at that and I was like, God, I don't think we win that game without him. He had 15 and 12. He was five of six from the free throw line. Yeah, shot selection is a little iffy, 100. percent But he was he had 15 and 12 received. Like, again, are we kind of being a little too – this is – like, he's not Jawan Howard. <laughs> I mean, I will say this in, in regards to that. I, obviously, most of the season, I would have rated him much higher, right? Like, I mean, he's he's been an incredible player. And I think it was because of the expectation that he set for us almost. And I almost want – I just wanted more. And I, it's, it was really that there were times where I was just screaming at the TV. I was like, oh, man, why does he take that shot? But you're right. When you put it in perspective, in general, I think, yeah, it's like – People forget that we are seven and one. We're a game up, up on Purdue. We're two games up on Illinois, maybe two. I don't know if they lost that or not. Um, and every game in the Big Ten is so hard. So while it was difficult to watch that Minnesota game at times, we still got out with a two point victory. And we only have 10 conference road games. You get six of those and you go eight and two at home, which is pretty typical for a good top half team. You're in a, you're in line to win the conference. So yeah, you're right. I mean, we do need to kind of take a step back and realize like this, enjoy it because it, I love the big 10. We've talked about this many times. Like I think that the league play, the 20 game season, yes, it's not perfectly balanced, but it's so fun to just see how people trend and what, what, what the layout is. And our, our February, by the way, is brutal. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to like take what we have and enjoy it because this team is way ahead of schedule based on anything that we would have ever talked about. And I think most fans would probably agree with that. So yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's, we need to take it for what it is, enjoy it. And at the fact, the fact that eight games in, we even are talking about potentially winning the conference is, I mean, the season's almost half over from the Big Ten season. The fact that we're even there is so great. And it's something that we should all be proud of. You know, like I definitely am. And I'm definitely also not saying don't be critical. Like, right. but I'll use store just for one more example. You're talking about a guy who he's a, he's a true sophomore. He He didn't even start for half the year last year. And now it's almost like, and again, this is across Badger fandom. I've said, I've lamented the same thing. And now we're almost like, don't take a bad shot ever. Like, you know, like I know we're not, but let me give you a couple other player narratives that I feel like all tie into this idea that we're acting like this is a title team. Last year we said, we need Hepburn to be more of a game manager. Well, now he is. And that pendulum has swung a little too much, but this is kind of what we asked for last year. And now he's doing it. You know, um, I, if I hear one more people burst and complain about Stephen Carl not dunking, like he hasn't dunked in four years. That's not his game. That's why he's not in the NBA. But what we don't talk about is he's improved his shooting percentage by mm -hmm. every single metric over last year. Field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three-point percentage. His his rebounding rate is at a career high. It's at 16%. He's, he's a career 13% rebounder. Like he's got better at every facet. And after every game, all you hear about is he doesn't dunk. Yeah, he never has. I don't think he did in high school. Like, but he's a really good player for us. Uh, I just feel like all these narratives are interesting to me because I I just don't feel like they're necessarily lining up with what we would have thought before the year. And now we're just kind of overboard with it. I mean, obviously for us, for the people that are listening to this, for a lot of the people that we've interacted with on here, we obviously, we're, we live and breathe like every second. What do you think people from outside are thinking right now? Like, obviously we're ranked top, we're ranked 13th in the country. Like, I don't, it's so interesting because you're right. We have the, all these narratives of like nitpickiness that we see with this team. What's the outside saying? 
they're like, man, Wisconsin overachieving or yes. absolutely blowing things away. Like what a great team, how deep AJ store, like everything that everyone else says is so positive. We're just been here like, but maybe it's because we just feel like we could be that much more, you know, like it's like, but, but do, did we even have to lose that one game at Penn state or do we have to struggle at Minnesota? And the reality is, yeah, we, we did because it's going to happen every single season. It's not over yet. We're going to have another game. We're on the reaction show. We're going to be like, what the heck is going on? But because the outside people not is like live and breathe every second of this. They think Wisconsin's having a fantastic year and we are, but we just sometimes don't think that because we're so into every game, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's why, like, it is funny. Cause on the outside, I bet you if one of the, the in Indiana fan, let's say listened to one of our reaction shows, they'd be like, bro, you're seven and one. <laughs> like, why are you even having a therapy session? Go have a margarita. <laughs> like, you know, and, it's does again, like we talk about this, there's, there's negatives, there's flaws. This is a flawed mm-hmm. team. This is not a national championship team. There are issues, but I'm really kind of enjoying it at this point. And I'm not getting as, as quite as down with some of the close wins or losses. Cause I, I think it's, I expect, I didn't expect seven and one, you know? So like, I, I just, it's an interesting dynamic to me is all I'm saying, how, how quickly this has shifted. Yeah. And you're right. And like, and also one thing that I've been really enjoying about this team and something that people hopefully do enjoy is the fact that we don't have scoring droughts and we're actually fun offensively. And we're seeing these like nine Oh runs and a 20 point barrage from Max Klesmid and, and different guys going off on different nights. That to me is a sign of a team that's got a lot of potential and, spe- and it's, it's special because you don't see that very often. And like, you always have nights where people just aren't there, but our team, it almost doesn't matter because there's so many weapons and that, that is something to enjoy. Like you said, like I am enjoying that too. And yeah, part of me like wants to be like, man, we could be better. We could be better, but it's, it is fun. And you're right. Like take a step back and just enjoy what's happening because the big 10, the big 10 standings still look pretty awesome. And it's still great to see our name at the top of it. Yeah, and to your point, there are two. I think two really good points there. Could we be better? Yes, but better is eight and zero in the Big Ten. Yeah, <laughs> better is one. Better is like a, a two minute stretch at Penn State. Like that's yeah. basically what what it is. And like even like and, and God, think about Ryan. Like coming coming into the season, our non conference season, everyone who was looking at that, including us, were like, "Holy crap! Like this is going to be brutal. We we could have ten losses, you know, by now or whatever." And the fact that we are, well, are we 15 and four? I think that's our record. 15 and four. Uh, that seems right yeah. to me. I mean, geez, like 15 and four. You would have, every Badger fan would have been like, yep, sign me up, seven and one in conference, 15 and four. And we would have taken it all day long. And we even would have taken, and all of us would have taken a two point tough win at the barn. That's always fine. I that I do want to say that one thing about last night. And I, I was taking care of my daughter. I was wanting to jump on with you and Ryan, Justin, but I couldn't. It like, I don't care about those games because a road win in the Big Ten, you have to celebrate that. And I know it was tough and there was a lot of bad things. And there was things that were like, yeah, you're, AJ Store could have done this or whatever, but we get out of there with a win. And I'm always celebrating a, a road win. That is not going to happen a lot. And there are 10, I think, I think we're, we've played maybe four. We have five coming up in February. I mean, just take oh. them when you can get them. Yeah, because we're going to drop a couple more. Just forewarn you. Yeah, let me give you one more mini narrative before we hit to a quick break. For years, Badger fans have said, ah, we have great defense, but we need offense. Now we have offense, and they're like, ah, but where's our defense? I don't know. Like, sometimes just be happy. But, so guilty uh, of that. I mean, that's that's definitely me, too. And I I mean, it, yeah, you're right. It's totally a narrative, and I've it's also it good though, to like, – Yeah, it's, it's true, but it's, it is something that, like, there's – and that's just what fans do, right? We're always going to find something, but – 
I mean, I, and I'm one of the most positive fans out there and I am being really positive about this team, but I am trying to be like, man, I just, I think it's, it is Ryan. The, I think we do see the potential and I think that's a good thing. It's a good thing that what gray guard has brought here. I mean, like we have potential that we haven't had since frankly, the Kaminsky Decker years. So it's like that it just gets, it gives fans like almost like a false sense of just entitlement's not the right word. It's just like, you're almost like, all right, we can do this because we have athletes on our team. We have all these pieces, all this experience. And it does kind of allow people to create those narratives. Yeah, I would say potential since the Johnny Davis here, but you and I won't get into that on this show. <laughs> uh, we got to take a quick break for our friends of the show. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the, the kids from, I shouldn't say kids, some of the young men from last year's recruiting class who we think could take a big jump. We talked so much about this recruiting class, but it's really the last year's guys that are more poised to make an impact on the roster. We're going to do that next on Lockdown Badges, but first a quick break for our friends of the show over at Game Time. Game Time remains your number one source for Really, everything you're trying to do from tickets, for, from a ticket standpoint, entertainment, concerts, sports, events, whatever you want, go to Game Time. Use code LOCKEDON for $20 off and get the best best tickets to the best events. And you do it without having to do a lot of logistical planning, last-minute flash sales, the best prices you're going to find on the internet. So you're saving money. You're saving time. Time is also saving money. So now you're saving money in a couple ways. Really, the math is mathing here, and you get pictures of the seats before you sit down, so you know exactly what your view of Devin Booker's game winner is going to be like. Because you already you already got the picture of the seats; it's perfect. There's nothing else you need to do. Go to Game Time, um, download this the tickets for the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On uh, College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, you create the account, redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, let's get into this. Um, Rajay, I'll just kick it to you. I have a list of people. I'm assuming you do too. We'll go back and forth. Who are some people from last year's cycle? Because it kind of gets lost in the shuffle of, oh, yeah, we signed people last year. We get so excited about the new group. Who's somebody from last year's cycle that's making an impact next year? Well, so I look at it from the perspective of need, right? It's like where where can they fit in based on, obviously, we, we've got a pretty robust transfer class. So I instantly didn't really look at linebackers. So we brought in a ton of those, right? So I'm thinking the first thing for me is someone I've been talking about for a while. It's Jamel Howard. I don't know what it's going to look like and how it's going to look in spring. I'm excited to see him. But you look at just raw athletic talent and the frame and the size and everything that these film shows in high school. I feel like we need that central point on the line. And we don't really know the defensive line. Obviously, has been a question for us a lot. And yes, we got Elijah Hills, which is a great addition. But I still think Jamel Howard has a real impact on our run defense this year. And that's one of the top people I'm really looking for. I just want to see him out there and see what he can do. Yeah, that's that's obviously on my list as well. He's actually number one on my list. A couple really quick things with Jamel Howard. Let me kick it over to you on these thoughts. The first is, if you don't see him next year, like, you got to worry a little bit. Yeah. Like, this is an era where players play play early if they're ready, and that's a huge position of need. Um, I was a little surprised we didn't see him at all this year. I know he struggled with injuries a little bit early, but if you don't see him next year, I'd be a little concerned. Uh, but I'm hopeful. Yeah, I, exactly, and especially in the area of the transfer portal, right? Like you, you know, like it's just it's almost like everyone's on a one year contract, so it's kind of like okay, if you're going to get freshman year with uh, withstanding, because obviously you're you're growing into it, but. I mean, at this point, yeah, you need to see him or, or even in various packages here and there, like he doesn't have the dish to be a starter. He's got to have an impact, but yeah, because he was obviously someone who you and I and Justin talked a ton about like just that size after Benton left such a, frankly, a huge size hole on the line. And by the way, congrats to what he did this year for the Steelers uh, looking amazing. That's a huge, 
a need thing. So yeah, I agree. It's like it's next year or not. And then a lot of these guys on this list we're gonna see that with. Like we might we we might not see these guys come into play here. We might not see them materialize into what we want them to be, but I just feel like Jamel Howard's got to be one. You just got to think he's one of those guys that is going to make that instant impact. Yeah, and that's a guy that had huge recruiting interest late in this cycle. Miami made an enormous push for him. Uh, he's a big win. Uh, my next guy is Amari Snowden. Yeah. I, like, I still don't know what he is. I, I just know – I know what he is is unique, right? If, if that That's what I know. I don't know if he's a safety. I don't know if he's a corner. I don't know if he's just a jumbo athlete. I, I I am hopeful to see him next year because he gives you unique size to match up with some of the big physical receivers that we see in the Big Ten. Um, so he's next on my list. Amari Snowden, the big kind of talented cornerback. Also number two on my list as well. Um, you know, like he brings something that other people don't have, like you mentioned. And we 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 talked a lot when he first we when he first signed. It was like, okay, is he a corner? Is he a safety? I really think he should be a great corner because again, that size is just so crazy. And same kind of thing though. If we don't see him this year, you got to ask the question. Now, we've got a pretty robust secondary, obviously a lot of recruits coming in in that world. So this is his time to kind of slot in. And it's just, it's again, that's why I put Howard and Stone at the, at the top because their physical attributes just sort of like stand out in their position group, like to the point where they're like, okay, these guys have things that the other guys don't have. So you, that's, that's what you would expect to see as a young player. Like that's someone who's going to get playing time. Um, but yeah, Snowden, definitely someone that I just, I think he can really change the game and everything we know about Luke fickle and, and the trestle defense is it's very defensive back heavy. Obviously if you look at the recruiting class next year, you'd see that. So hopefully he's a guy that can make that impact and, and come into the team and play strong. Well, and you, you brought up a good point. Like this doesn't so much apply to uh, Jamel Howard as it does Amari Snowden. There's a lot of young talented DBs coming. Like you bet, like, and this isn't even for Amari Snowden. This is for mm -hmm. Jace Arnold. This is for JT Taylor. This is for everybody on the roster. You better make moves or you're getting recruited over in the secondary at this point. Yeah. And it's going to keep happening. I mean, like the, he clearly is going to keep building these classes. All right. Who else um, do you got on your list? So my next one is Tresh Kekahuna. I mean, I just feel like we saw, we saw him a very little bit at the end of the bowl game, but look at the success of Will Pauling in this offense. So we know where slot receivers rank on Longo's, you know, hierarchy of, of talent. And you can also look at the fact that the receiver group as a whole underperformed last year. Um, so I do expect there to be some improvement there, obviously with Bryson green as well, but Tretch Kahuna, we identified right away. Many people have talked about it. His separation ability his his just his get off the line and, and route running is so crisp that, he can have an instant impact, especially in the long go offense. And I know Will Pauling is going to be there, but now that's dual threat basically in the slot. And how defenses are going to have a heck of a time covering those guys. And you have two huge weapons on the inside like that. And then, of course, you can look at the outside. Of course, we've got Burroughs and got Green, but Tresh Kakahuna, I think, could take could end up being not just a, a key contributor. I think he could be like one of the one of the stars next year on the team. Kind of like how Pauling kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like that really could be Kakahuna. Yeah. So I I've had Tretch Kakuna, but I said that's an obvious. I actually wrote it, Tretch Kakuna, but it's an obvious one. So I went into some other names. I, I agree with everything you said. My only caveat with Tretch is it doesn't feel like that's a, a Van Dyke type of receiver. Like what the knock on Van Dyke has been intermediate stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't, he's not super accurate there. It's not a great feel. Um, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I don't know how many passes are going to be to slot guys with a guy like Tyler Van Dyke that really would rather push it downfield and doesn't 
necessarily have as much a feel there. Yeah, I mean, I think that'll be he'll obviously with Longo's coaching. I think that he will hopefully find those and and you know how the system sets up. I think Longo will not let's force him to it, but I mean, it's going to be like, look, you need to you need to look at the slot. You need to make those throws. We need to work on those. It can be coached. Uh, but yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I, I he's just so he's just so dang good though that he's so talented. You feel like. If the guy's open, you got to find him. <laughs> you, you would hope so. I talked to the Miami guy, right, who's, who's covered Van Dyke for a while, and I was like, look, can you coach him out of that? And he was like, eh, well, kind of, I don't know. Um, all right, let me give you my next one. This one's a little cheating, but I, I didn't really put restrictions on this. I didn't say just high school. I said kind of just from last year's class. So I included transfer guys as well. Um, Jake Renfro? Mm-hmm. But, like, seriously, like, like there's your starting center. And it's going to be such an impact. I know people are going to say, Ryan, he's been hurt the last two years. He wasn't hurt for the bowl game. I don't know. I feel like there's a starting center. And if what we saw in the bowl game is indicative of what he can be with another full, hopefully healthy offseason, I mean, that's an enormous get for the Badgers that we thought we were going to get this year, but instead we're going to get next year. And that solidifies everything. It solidifies your guards, your tackles. That's the guy they wanted from the jump. I think there's your, your, your pivot on the offensive line. I think it's Jake Renfro. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I also didn't list him kind of like the reason you didn't list Tretch because I feel like he's already a guaranteed yeah. starter at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, God, those snaps look really nice, man. <laughs> it's also just, it's not only the snaps, it's the control of the line and everything he does. Now, we 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 gave a lot of flack to Bordellini for the snaps and rightfully so, but his play and pass pro and running the line was 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 good this year. And so I, but I expect there to be a nice, like kind of steady transition to Renfro, clean up some of the small things. Maybe he's not going to be as good of as far as run blocking potentially as as Bordellini, but yeah, hundred percent, he's going to be an impactful, and he is the guy they've always wanted. Uh, anybody else on your list? Yeah, so Braden Moore is on my list. Um, another guy that I really was excited about because of his again physical tools. He can hit hard. He runs downhill. I feel like he's really going to be disruptive as a defender. Now the safety group, we obviously have Hunter there. We've got Brown. We've got various people in that position. So I don't know how much of an impact he has next year. But again, just similar to what we said with um, with Snowden, secondary is continuing to improve, so he's got to make his mark. But I was just so pumped when when he came here. I really, that's the guy that I want to see, like that we haven't, that people don't really talk about, that I want to see him kind of elevate into the into the 2D next year. Yeah, I definitely looked at him. I love the size. I love the athleticism, big recruiting. It just feels like he's blocked for next year. Like, Tamoy Latou is back as well. Um I, I don't know. Like he could definitely b- b- like bump into that, but I, I feel like he's probably a little blocked. And then the next year is his move year to make a big jump. Um, yeah. but I'm not going to argue it. If if we see him on the field next year, I'm not going to argue it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you hope, you hope there's a guy that you don't expect to just come out of nowhere and make that move. I mean, look at, look at what Allegro did this year and just like how he came in there and just literally took over. And it was like, yeah, I, I'm the, I'm the best linebacker on this team right now. And he, and by the end of the season, he was. And so that, who knows that could be a guy like Moore with such physical tools that comes out and says, yeah, I'm ready now. One of these spots is mine. Yeah. Now next year, Allegro is not even in the too deep. Um, <laughs> uh, let's take one more quick break. We're going to come back, talk about great card. I kid, but do I, I don't know. With all the linebackers coming in. Um, we're going to come back and talk about Greg guard getting his hundredth win. Does he, does he get judged fairly? We're going to try to put that into context a little bit to finish out this show, but first a quick break for our friends of the show. We'll keep Rasheed on, on this one. Cause I'm curious what his take on this is um, friends of the show over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's where we go. Niners lines this weekend. Niners minus seven Rajiv over on FanDuel. Where would, where would you go on that line? 
I got to go with the underdogs here. I just feel like the the passion and the energy around the line. Sorry, buddy, but I'm taking the lines. I think they're going to definitely. I think I don't think it's just a good bet. I think it's a it's good value. I mean, you're getting you're getting seven points. Seven points is a is a pretty big line in the NFL any week. Yeah, it feels a little bit like there's a, a like um, still some just Lions Detroit stigma attached to the betting world where you, know, you can't even. Your brain doesn't comprehend Detroit in the NFC Championship. It's organizations, right? It's just like the fact that the, the, the 49ers know how to win in situations like this, and the Lions don't. Yeah. No, it, it's, that is a big line. Um, over at FanDuel, if you want to get in on that, new customers, $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And they have everything there. If you're not in football, basketball, obviously college basketball going on, NBA, it's all there on FanDuel. Future spreads, parlays, teasers, it's all good to go. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, Reggie, I think this is one that's really interesting to me too. And a lot of shows I would have led with this, but I we just packed a lot into this one. Um, Greg Gard, 100th win. Sixth fastest Big Ten coach ever to get to that mark. I want to read you the, the names of the five that beat him. Okay. Uh, Bob Knight, Bo Ryan, Thad Mata, Tom Izzo, and Gene Keedy. Like these, these are like Hall of Fame coaches. But he's sixth. Uh, by the way, seventh, Matt Painter, eighth, John Beeline. Wow. Like I mean, that's, that's you talk you you have you have Bob Knight and, and Gene Cady in any kind of like lineup. You're looking at some of the like Mount Rushmore of Big Ten coaches right there. I mean, that's that's what you're talking about there. Bo Ryan, like that's that's what that is. Like, how impressive is that? And by the way. Every game, I still get fire guard in the in the comments, and like I guess I just want to say, or I throw it out there. This is much like our first topic, kind of a thought experiment. Is he is he just judged really unfairly? Let's start there. Yeah, I, I think in general, I think he is judged unfairly because of the success that Bo Ryan had, which. To his credit, like he set an expectation at this university of what this basketball program is. We had this like top four finish for many, many years in a row. We were a team that is a perennial, you know, tournament contenders. And so, yeah, I mean, he unfairly is held to that exact same standard that Bo Ryan set, which is an, it's a standard that, as you've pointed out, only a handful of coaches in the history of the Big Ten Conference have ever actually achieved. So, yeah, I think, I think he is. And I think that every time, we have a season where like last year and there were a lot of people that were fire guard, fire guard. We obviously were two people that were not where we both very much believe in Greg guard and everything he can do. So yeah, he, he is because it's just, you, when you look at across the landscape of college basketball, there are not programs that have done. There's not coaches have been fired for much, much less than anything Greg guard ever did. And what Greg guard has done is the kind of resume that you look at. You're like, okay, yeah. So when the big boys come calling, like, you know, one of the, one of these big six type of schools. Yeah. Like they, they're going to, he's a guy that people are going to call and he's a guy that people have talked about as one of the most underrated coaches in, in national, in the national landscape, kind of going back to what we said at the beginning of the show, like we're just so like zoned into everything that's happening here. When you take a step back, you're like, man, he has achieved a lot. And I know he missed the tournament last year and that is painful, but he's also been to two sweet 16s. He's won two big 10 championships. Like, that's very impressive. He has a very impressive resume that frankly just doesn't get enough credit. Mm -hmm. And it's not perfect, right? That's, that's the thing. Uh, most coaches aren't, you know, there's, there's things we nitpick, but uh, look at his resume regime and tell me, I don't know, Indiana wouldn't have taken that the last eight years, Northwestern, Minnesota, Cal. Um, I mean, go down, just go down the list. 
like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Like, you know, I, I'm just – but, like, so many schools would look the, at that the, and the list like, is short of people that wouldn't. That's very, very short. I mean, it's probably a handful of schools only in the whole country that would not take his resume. I mean, you're talking about the blue bloods. That's that's really all you're talking about there. Because outside of traditional blue bloods, it, I mean, he really has performed as good as hardly anyone. You know, and and one of the things people will talk about. So there's two things here. The first one and. There's nuance in all this stuff. I think that's something we do a decent job or try to on, on the show is there is nuance to everything. Um, he did take over a program that was really solid. A lot of coaches don't get that opportunity. That's fair to point out. It's fair to point out that his March runs recently, you know, haven't been great. That's fair to point out. I, I tend to think March is like Lute Olson never made a run until he, he made a run. Right. And he's one of the great coaches ever. They were former Wildcats coach like Bo Ryan for a long time had that same criticism until he made a run. It's just hard in March, man. You get the wrong draw. Don't I guess what I'm saying is don't make too much out of a, a single game elimination tournament. Yeah, I mean, unless you're Purdue, they're always going to make that uh, <laughs> that problem right. because they we've been to three Final Fours uh, and they, mm -hmm. they haven't. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. It's like it's. The one thing about being judged fairly, and I think the one criticism that I, it's not a really criticism, the one thing I'm always going to look for, and I think the standard he can be held to, is growth of the program, which I think we're seeing, because I think that's really when you can start to say, okay, the, the program's going in the wrong direction, that's where you have to draw a line, but it's not, in my opinion, and I don't think it is in yours either, I feel like you know, we, we've talked about his, his recruiting wins that he's gotten. Look how amazing John Blackwell's been and how good we, Nolan Winter will be and Gus. And then next year with Free Tag, like as long as the direction is moving in the right way, that's where I think he can be judged. And that's how I judge him about where's the program headed. And yes, you do have to have success in March. But uh, to your, your point, I mean, Bo Ryan didn't do until 2014. It may take him a long time to get there. But hopefully he has the tools to get there and he's showing signs of getting closer. And if you look at last year and this year, I see nothing but progress. So I feel like, you know, there's 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 so much good there that people just don't really focus on that much. Yeah, I, I will say part of I think the the rub with Greg Gard for some people is there's little idiosyncrasies that I mean, there's little things that drive me nuts, right? Like the idea that you can never play a zone will always irk me. It just always will. But you know what you have? Here's what I'd say to that. And it, I'm saying it to myself because it irks me. When you win 60-something percent of your games and you get to 100 wins faster than Matt Painter or other Hall of Fame coaches, you, you've kind of earned the right to decide when you play zone or not. It just is and what it is. And when you see coaches at other universities, look at look at schools in this conference, like whether it's Minnesota or Nebraska or all these other programs that would, would give anything to have the success that Greg Hart has had in his – you know, however many nine years that he's been the coach. Is it nine years now? Is it nine? I think it's nine. I can't remember. But um, is it eight? I'm trying. To it's eight or nine. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, they would give anything to have that kind of success. And you're right. We're talking about the zone and things that we that we don't like. But it's like, well, would you rather have a guy that is adaptable and can and does play zone and does all these things that maybe you want, but also misses the tournament every other year and making the tournament for those programs is a big deal. And for us, it's a simple expectation. And for him, it's an expectation too. I don't think the expectation of the program fell, um, you know, when he took over, I think it's, a, obviously he's missed it a couple times, but like I, we would take that any of these, any of these schools, like nine or 10 of the schools in the current big 10 of 14 would basically do anything to have a guy that, 
doesn't play zone get, you know is doesn't have the best like in our opinions the best rotations and 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 those things that we kind of like cringe at sometimes but has the success and the win total that he has i think it, it goes back to the kind of the first topic right uh, like an indiana fan popping into one of our therapy sessions after a close win like you can imagine like a, a uh, an opposing fan base and you can name them almost say oh god and listening to this conversation we're like yeah well, i wish you could play more zone and the guy's like you guys are seven and one right <laughs> i'm like yeah but black will down the stretch should have got three more minutes doggone it you know like it they're like yeah but you're seven and one right <laughs> like what it's tough, right? It, it is tough. You know, it, it's like, it's tough to be a fan like that sometimes because we have, we have that expectation now and we have that boundary. And, and some people would listen to this and say, well, but I don't want to be those other big 10 teams. I want to be the blue bloods. Right. So like in order to be a blue blood, you have to be on a different level. And I think that that's, so I understand that perspective too of fans. And obviously in Ryan, you always say this, like we don't tell people how to fan. Everyone should have their their own thoughts and opinions. And but I I hear that side because it's like, well, we want to be here. We don't ne- yeah, there you go here. We don't necessarily just want to be like fighting for that big time. We want to be winning it year in and year out. We want to be how Michigan State was and winning national titles. So I, I, I for me, as long as there's movement in that direction, I'm I'm always happy. Yeah. The last thing I finish up here is to kind of wrap up the show is it's it's we we say this, but I think sometimes it gets said so much you you lose you lose sight of it a little bit it's really hard to follow a legend and you got to just stop for a second and think about that think about schools replacing legends think about indiana how many coaches have been through indiana since bob knight like it's yeah like 10 seriously and, and they've all had pedigree like everybody indiana hires i mean i don't i guess i don't know every but most of the people they hire like wow mm-hmm. that that coach has pedigree and it doesn't work it's really really hard to follow Bo Ryan and yeah. he's done about as good a job as you can which is literally what I remember saying at the end of last year when we were talking about the fire guard keep guard stuff it's like just look at what has happened even since he's left we've still only missed the tournament twice in his obviously 2020 not with Sandy because that doesn't yeah. count nine seasons he missed the tournament twice he's been the sweet 16 twice he's won two big 10 titles like he it's not that he hasn't I mean like we look at Bo Ryan's resume and it's amazing but Great guards is nothing to you know turn your nose up to. He has an incredible resume that we just we only look at it on Wisconsin's Mount Rushmore. It's below Bo Ryan, and that's kind of where people get that thought. And then yeah, when you just take a step back, it's it's very impressive stuff that he's that he's accomplished. This feels like a big picture therapy session show. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right, it's good. We'll it's type stuff, you know. Uh, Rajiv, kick it over to you. Uh, tell the folks what you have going on. Uh, as always, you got your your own show and everything. Yeah, yeah. So Bucky Report with Justin, of course. And, uh, you know, we'll still be coming on the reaction shows. I'm going to try to come on Friday's reaction show for this, too. Um, yeah. So we're, Sunday nights live. Um, we try to go generally around like seven Pacific, nine Central. And then we'll do a pop in show here and there in the middle of the week. And Justin's always doing his recruiting stuff. That's it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. Uh, we went a little long today, but this was great. So really do appreciate everybody. Thank you so, so much. Uh, look for bunch of content coming up we got a 25 recruit coming on the show hopefully next week so that'll be a lot of fun as well so on wisconsin thank you guys so so much we'll talk later on wisconsin